Hello, you guys. Welcome to It's Real with Jordan and Demi. How are you doing, Jordan, today? I'm good. I'm a little little busy. I'm heading out to Kansas City to see my dad for Father's Day in a few hours. So Let's this is my go. last LA. But I have yeah. like, we have Hoodie Allen on the show right now. Um, we love when a New Yorker comes on the show. And this guy actually has one of the most interesting stories about how he got into music I've ever heard. We're going to talk about that. His new single, Wouldn't That Be Nice, is out now. And he will be going on tour in August. So let's go. We will see you on tour. How are you doing today? What's going on? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Are, are, is this an East Coast pod, like an East Coast original pod? Yeah. It started out ah. as a Brooklyn quarantine project. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. I'm I'm a Brooklyn boy myself. Although right now I am, uh, I'm in the village. But oh, same, oh, same line. Well, I you know I'm I'm in that cohabitating space where you uh, work from home with your partner and have to run into different areas so that you're not on calls at the same time. You know, just fun, just fun pandemic post pandemic life. Yeah, yeah. How's that going? How's that Great. how's that co working going? Yeah, it's great. It's great. And I'm happy to be here and excited to release music and go on tour and all the all the things that we haven't been able to do for a little bit of time now. So it's it's good to get back to it. Yeah. So it's pretty known that you were you're not just an artist, you're a smart guy. You're working no. for Google. He said no. <laughs> no. You you got your facts wrong. No, no. Uh, I did work for Google before um before music was my full-time gig yeah and how i what one of the things that i wanted to know and talk about was what did you learn from google like what are the what's the insider scoop about that company well you ever see that movie that did with uh it was, was it, it wasn't in spawn and owen wilson was it i feel like it quite possibly was but it's basically like a big advertisement for google because they mm -hmm. like go there and they work as like interns or whatever um, i think it's called much, the intern yeah, yeah, I think intern or the internship, one of those two yeah. things. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty similar to that. I, I mean, I moved, uh, like I'm an East Coast guy, as I said, and I moved across the country to their main headquarters in uh, Mountain View, California, like the Bay Area. And it was just like, a, it was a big shift. It was a big like, okay, this is your new life. You're out here doing this. Like, it's a great company. Like, they do anything to keep you there all the time. So there's like free food <laughs> everywhere. Uh, it's like so much free food, so much snacks and gyms and laundry and activity. Like they don't want you to leave. I they guess. have laundry there. Oh, it's like it's like a full. Whatever you need campus. to live, you know, because they want you yeah. to like basically live at work. Yeah, they're like have work balance. Just have work balance. But no, it was um, it was it was fun to be out there as like a 21 year old in in San Francisco. But I didn't last that long um, before I got pulled back to uh this life that i'm thankfully still still doing right now do you still get back to strong island yeah yeah my my family's still there um that's where i'm originally long island boy um so yeah i have love for long island i don't know if it's like in my future like my settled down version of yeah. life i don't know if i see it there um but i like visiting i mean it's got it's got so much good good stuff it's like the home of the best pizza and bagels low-key he said yeah. low-key. That's mad. He said low-key. People don't know. People don't know, but it is. Demi and I were listening. We're talking about the new single before the show started. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how it's less hip-hop sound than like your earlier stuff. 
you know, than the, the stuff, the 2012, 13, even like the stuff you did with like black bear and stuff five years yeah. ago. Um, so what's with the new direction of, of the sound? Oh, you know, your boy just got his heart broken and said, oh, time to, time to write music. That's sad. Um, that's, that's essentially what happened more or less. Uh, so this new direction was mostly just a, a, a symptom of like the type of songs that felt like they should be written. And, um, it's funny because I think that sound has become pretty on trend now, but yeah, that wasn't really part of the thought process. Like I, like we made, I made a lot of the stuff with my buddy Nick during, during that quarantine period. And mm -hmm. I was just going through it emotionally. And this is kind of what has come out of it, which I'm, I'm excited to, to share. Cause like you said, it is different. There's not really much rapping on this album. I don't know that fans quite know that yet. And I haven't like explicitly said that because I don't want people to run away and be scared, but I do think that they're going to, I think, I think they're going to like it at the end of the day. So are, is there going to be any bars on the whole album? Uh, there's like, there's at least 30 seconds of bars. Okay. okay. <laughs> Through about like guitar music becoming back in trend is kind of a result of there weren't, there wasn't a lot of partying. So DJs weren't doing their thing. There wasn't a lot of hip hop. There wasn't a lot of like socializing. So everyone was just kind of in their rooms with their guitars and with their like instruments, whoever, you know, was making music at the time. And that kind of probably is the reason why guitar music has become so popular again. But funny enough, I wanted to ask you, speaking of heartbroken, one of the things I wanted to say was, what is it like dating in the limelight? Because I mean, it's, it must be different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't consider myself like in the limelight for whatever that's worth. Um, but I definitely was like, show, like very, sh not sh very showy, but like I had like a public relationship in the sense of like you share it on Instagram and, mm -hmm. and do all the things. Like I wanted to live very um, like, oh, normal life in that sense. But there are a lot of things that, that come with it that are sort of unintended uh, not distractions or making it difficult, but like you do let a lot of strangers in a sense into, mm -hmm. into your world in that, in that way. And there can be a little bit like too much emotional attachment. I'm sure we see that. I mean, this is just kind of like mm -hmm. our, our culture like takes on, uh, other people's relationships and assigns beliefs and values to them when we don't really know the people necessarily. So, mm -hmm. um, I've tried to be a little more private this time. Um, because I'm in a, I'm thankfully I'm in a happy relationship at the moment. Um, can she hear me from the other room? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> don't worry. No, no, we're good. We're good. But, uh, but yeah. So it's just you know, I, I think I, I think about that stuff a little bit more now than than previously. You live in the village now. Do you shop at fancy grocery stores? Well, <laughs> Jordan, you know, what? Is Trader Joe's? Is Trader, no, Joe's, Trader Joe's fancy? Joe's I'm talking. I'm talking like Zabar's, Dean and Deluca. No, like, no, no. I'm a Trader. I'm a Trader Joe's at most. Truly, I'm like a Uber Eats. Are you really? If we're calling it out, like what is with the lines at Trader Joe's? I cannot. Like I refuse. And people wait in those lines. It's a thing. It moves pretty yeah. quick. It's it's pretty like steady. It's a steady or flow. One of those that waits in the lines. <laughs> I, I I actually I don't like going to the I don't like I don't like doing all those public things with people. Ugh, lines. 
No, I can't. Other humans, can't. it's like, who's got time for it? But no, I mean, I actually do enjoy, I, I do enjoy a, a Trader Joe's trip with, with the girlfriend. Like, you go there and you're like, wow, I want to buy this. And you leave with like 100 snacks when you were not in They, they have the best that. like dark chocolate covered things, like dark chocolate covered they do. cherries, uh, raisins. Pretzels. Berries, little power berries, pretzels. Yes, those yeah, are yeah. all. And let me steer it back. I screwed that up. Like I'm the one you guys talking about music, talking about <laughs> guitars, and I'm like, what's what? Where do you shop? Do you shop at Zabar's? You know, like I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Well, you, are you guys? You guys are both in, in L.A. right now. Or I'm, in, I'm in L.A. Dimmy's in New York. Dimmy's okay. back and forth. Yeah. So what's that? What's that place in L.A.? Are you are you saying this because you're? Oh, it's Erewhon. Are you an Erewhon individual? No, huh? No, I'm a Trader Joe's all okay. the way. Yeah. Trader Joe's. I even like, I have a, I have a target close to me that has the big grocery section that I do target low key has really good. Their store brand frozen pizza. Very good. Goat cheese, frozen pizza. Good. Free, Recom- free, free highly free recommended. Sponsor the pod. Sponsor the pod. Trader, yeah. uh, target. Get on it. Yes. When did your love for music first spark? Like, what were you listening to? What were you wearing? Tell us about who you were as a little kid. Um, I was a precocious little kid. I was very studious. Um, I. It, it's interesting because my. I, I used to. Both my parents worked full time, so I had a lot of time where, um, like after I got, I don't even know. I guess it would be like elementary school, or that would be the age. I would just like be like sitting in like their their office in like a room and they'd be like okay go go sit here and do stuff and like I during those like really early formative years I have like all of these like drawings and lyrics that I wrote when I was like eight or nine years old and I have no idea what was compelling me to write was essentially like the first raps or songs and what these stories were and I it's one of those weird things is I didn't grow up with like a musical family. It's not like music was being played all over the house or anything like that. But I was writing from like a really early age without anyone telling me to do so. So I kind of like it. it it's one of those things where you like I realize, oh, I guess I've been doing this for much longer than I than I thought, and um, I'm not surprised that it kind of continued to evolve as I, you know, grew up and started taking in the MTV music video, internet, like finding music from anywhere I could. When you became more, uh, you became bigger as an artist, kind of uh, corresponded, correlated with the rise in streaming apps. You know, you came out, your 2011, 12, 13 was like right around Spotify. You think you kind of caught a wave there or do you think it was just kind of like, did you think you benefited from being on that first wave of streaming or do you think, or do you wish you would have been like 10 years before? Um, I, I think what I've realized is that you have to, no matter what era you're in, you're kind of in a place where you're going to have to adapt quickly because the same stuff that made my music first get any popularity completely is like, like I would say like blogs, like hype machine. And like, there's like all these like discovery things 10 years ago that people don't really look to for discovery now. Like 2011 to like was kind of before Spotify was a thing here in the US. I know it existed in like Europe, but like people weren't really streaming quite so much yet. Not not, clearly not as much as you were like, you were like the tail end of the hype machine era. Yeah. Like I, when I started putting on music, it was MySpace. Like that was the main 
you had to have a really cool MySpace page with a header and all this stuff on it. So um, I've definitely seen a bunch of different like social media, multimedia like iterations. Um, but I do think like, what was that phrase about like luck or opportunity and luck and all these things that meet at the same time? Do you know that phrase? What, no, what I don't. That? I'm not. I'm not. Oh, it's like that. it's like luck is when hard work meets opportunity or oh it's like basically like saying that luck is the result of you doing the right things and i i yeah i very much feel like you have to get lucky in this so i if i've done anything well i think it was when there when i got a little bit lucky i tried to make the most of those opportunities and really um work hard and and capitalize like the moment and not let it pass so if i got a little bit of attention i made sure every single person who was like listening or interacting with the song, they got like a personal message back from me. And like when I was doing my first shows, it was like, gotta meet everybody and like make sure that they have a great time so that the next time they they bring a friend. And like, I've sort of kept that same mentality for the last decade. And even though it's a lot of work, I think it it serves, it serves me the best at least to show like, to build like a personal community and like people that care. How do you interact with, with fans? Are you, do you, um, do you reply to comments? Like, do you stay in Sinagras after shows? Like what's your fan interaction like? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's, I, I don't know if it's unique, but I think it's pretty uh, committed. Um, of the tour that I'm about to do in August, the whole concept around it, or one of the concepts or the elements around it is every single person who gets a ticket gets a free meet and greet with that. So I'd said, Hey, I'm going to meet all 500 or 600 people that are here at the show. Does that, is that difficult? Yes. Did I get COVID a month ago for the first time? Yes. So now I'm really good to go. Now, now I'm really, now I'm really immune and ready to yeah. go. But yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's always been important to me. Like I, I always writing people back, whether it's on Instagram or, or Twitter or wherever, I, I really find it um, to be like a building block for, especially when you're doing things independently and you can't rely on like radio or Spotify to like blow you up. The fans are what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Fans like Demi Ramos. Demi, Demi's on the set of the new Netflix series. Uh, what's it called, Demi? Jordan. Okay. Is that a secret? No, it's, it's signing not NDA. Yeah. So speaking of, tell us about the moment where you got signed. And I, I, I've not signed. She, he's, he's always been independent. You've always Hoodie, been independent. Hoodie Allen LLC. That's what it says on the bottom of your Spotify copyrights, right? It is. You have no cosigns, like you, like team management. Mm -hmm. Oh, he has, I, I, he has, he has a team, but. I mean, I've got a pretty small team. I manage myself. I've been managing myself for the last nine years. Um, I have Tori, who's wonderful, who does PR. I've got Kara Lewis, who's my agent, like does Jesus, everyone and Travis and Chance the Rapper and Eminem and so many people. Um, I got a team of strong women around me. Besides that, um, a lot of it's been really kind of uh, on me at the end of the day. The only time I've done anything with the label is I had this song with Ed Sheeran in 2014. Um, and that just came because we're friends and he's a buddy. But I had to do like a partnership with the label in order to release that song, which yeah. was a really cool experience. But that was kind of a short term just for that little project. Um, what has been otherwise your I've been independent. Because you've had a long career. So it's been kind of your resistance when it comes to work, you know, having a label coming in and 
and getting involved? Um, I haven't had, like, I, I'm not anti-label. I really don't have resistance to uh, the idea of of someone, you know, giving help or amplifying. But uh, there's just never been really the right, the right situation, um, except for that little time where I had the song with Ed. Otherwise, it's... Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll say this much. I have a lot of friends and a lot of peers of mine mm -hmm. who who have signed, and more often than not, like a couple of years after, they are making posts on Instagram about how excited they are to be independent again and how the label has been holding them up. So I'm not saying that's everyone's experience, you know. But if you don't become a global superstar, sometimes it maybe isn't the the easiest experience to work with. Makes sense. When you released All American and it got big, what was the the mindset like about creating the sequel or or using that as a jumping off point to make more music? What was what once that was successful? Uh, you know, once that like really hit, what was your mentality like? You know, when everyone knew no interruption, like what was your your state of mind? Were you able to kind of like keep everything clear it's like uh it's a little bit of a whirlwind i had released a, like a couple of those like free mixtapes beforehand and that's how i you know gained any sort of following online and putting out all american was the first time that i ever sold a project and it was like hey this is going to be 4.99 on itunes like i would love your support sort of thing and i like a thousand percent absolutely did not anticipate doing the numbers it did not that they're like impressive in any sort of way but they were impressive for me it was like we sold 20,000 some the like 20 something thousand copies in the first week and it was like a billboard top 10 project but i had never sold a single piece of music before so i did not expect like in, in nearly a quarter of that to come out and support me so it was very like okay yes this is a moment that i'm always going to remember but at the end of the day, like the next project I did right after that was a free one again. Like I just kept kind of toggling through that model. I was like, okay, back to a mixtape and then I'll give it, and then I'll do an album and then I'll do a mixtape. And I just kind of tried to do my best to not change what the people who had got me there had already sort of liked about me, I guess. Yeah. Now let's go forward to where we are now. Uh, we talked at the top of the show, we talked about wouldn't it be nice. Now it, it's not, it doesn't have the same hip hop flavor that your earlier stuff has. And you mentioned that it's part of an, is this is part of an album, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice as part of an, And when's that album out? I haven't publicly said so yet, okay. but you it's see, finished. You see, I got to do my job. I got to like, you know, <laughs> you got to get gotta, the exclusive. I got to ask. Of course. Um, there's another song coming out. Uh, the second single is coming out next month. Um, and the album will follow shortly after. I really like so many songs in this project that I want them all to have like the chance to be single. Have, the, have their you know moments. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, Cause I'm like, I'm proud of it and I'm excited. And, but I, I definitely, it's, it's not going to be a long time. Like we're, we're, we're getting close to the announcement. Okay. Okay. Well, this nice tease. I appreciate the tease. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of albums, you know, it's, we're living in a single culture, a TikTok culture, you know, where people go, 
you know, five, six years without putting out a, a real album. They'll just put out mixtapes, EPs, singles forever in perpetuity. And I even ha I had a roommate back in New York who was like very resistant to putting out a full album because they're like, no one's going to listen to tracks eight, nine and 10 or whatever. But to me, it's so important for an artist to have an album because that's like your, your, your big body of work at that time. Do you feel like you create albums as a whole or do you find yourself kind of subconsciously creating music for those little bits, for those little TikTok moments? That's a great question. I, I've, I think everything I've ever done has been creating albums for a whole, essentially. But I also can see that that model is not becoming like antiquated, but, it, it, you know, there, I think it's good to have some flexibility. So actually, I, I was... I was talking to uh, a couple other independent musicians, friends of mine who are on a podcast and they were asked, they, they are sort of the model of we release a song every week or every other week. And it's just way different. They haven't, they've been not anti-album, but it just hasn't served They're Like a lot of their successes come from TikTok. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I think that this might be not the last album, but like after this project, I think I'm going to try to put out singles more frequently for a little bit and see how that goes without the pressure of building a huge uh, era as as the artist, like to be like, I'm in this new era. I think I'll I'll build that era in the background. I'll continue mm -hmm. to, to, I'll be building that project, but I don't think that I should take off so much time in between releasing songs. So I'm really, I'm actually looking forward to trying that out because I do think that there's, it's a possibility to, to find, a lot of new people will find you that way. Do you find, are you one of those people that gets antsy if you're not creating music or can you like take a week off or two weeks off and kind of shut it down? Yeah, I can definitely shut it down. Um, it, that's kind of why I like living in New York. I feel like when I'm here, um, even though everything I'm doing is music in a sense right now, it's like the, the other side, the like business side brain, like that, that part of it. Um, I'll go to LA for like a month and just like rip studio sessions every day. And like, I, I feel like you have to live, like you can't just be in a, making a new song every day because where is it coming from inspiration wise, if you're not like actually living your life. So I do like taking the, the time, the time with it to, to put stuff together. Yeah. Do you, how much do you get a lot of calls or a lot of DMS from people to do features to like drop verses on stuff? Or do you, do people even ask you for that? Um, I do. I've been pretty selective about that yeah. more or less. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed you're not like, remember like in the late 2000s, like Lil Wayne was on like three songs a week or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, like the, the truth is a lot of the people who, I mean, I, and I have some collab, I have a collaboration um, with my buddies, this DJ group called two friends. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but we've made a couple songs together. They're, they're known for their big booty mixes. Very popular. If, if you've mm -hmm. ever heard that. They're great. They're great guys. Um, so like we we did a couple of collaborations that will probably come out later this year. Um, and I have like my one of my big projects is this thing called Crew Cuts, and the whole thing was based around like trying to collaborate with your friends. So I'm like I'm definitely not anti collaboration, but when it comes right. to like um, the type of feature requests that come in, sometimes it's people who are just doing like. Uh, how do you say this in not a bad way? The white rapper, pop rapper thing that I did and am yeah. for sure. But I, d I don't know if it's as interesting to me to like, 
lend a, a feature in in that world. Like I want to do things that are kind of more challenging in some ways. Yeah, as you were like getting bigger, you know, 10, 12 years ago, were you kind of like hyper aware that I'm like the white guy from Long Island and I kind of got that like preppy guy, tech guy look? And were you, how much were you, you like kind of self-aware of like not trying to be that kind of like caricature of like a white rapper? I, I mean, I, I think uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I totally am aware of like the conversation, how much that conversation in, in general has changed. Like, you know, when you look at even where we are today or even five years ago, but I, I never felt like I, I, I never felt like I truly had that burden or that I like had to fit a, a stereotype. I, I've always sort of felt like I've operated best from just being myself and like identity wise, because I sort of see myself as like a, 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 a Jewish New Yorker guy. Like that's kind of a different, that's kind of a different thing than just like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you know, you're just like, you have your own quirks and I yeah. feel like everything is like a Larry David freaking, yeah. you know, sitcom. But right. that being said, um, yeah, I I think I because I was never the the biggest white rapper act, I never felt like, like at any moment in time I was like I feel like I got to like slide under the radar and just be myself and find the people who who liked me and I kind of really like that space. Yeah. And I do feel like <laughs> it's definitely more like the color of your skin doesn't matter as much with rap, you know, especially because I feel and I feel like what happened was um, and this is like, this is like going way back, but you know, the big thing with Eminem was that he didn't try to act like he was from the inner city. He was like from the trailer park and he was like true to himself and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of helped too, that you weren't like trying to be a caricature of yourself. For were sure. you, who, who were you like in, in terms of like just vocal prowess, who did you kind of emulate? Like when you were, you know, in your, in your late teens, early twenties. Yeah. I mean, my my like the first songs that I ever put out on like hidden hidden early versions of SoundCloud that I can't reveal the name of so that no one goes and looks at it. Like yeah. I was putting those songs out when I was like thirteen or fourteen years old. So like the history of doing this and caring about this as a genre like goes really deep. And I really do care about hip hop so much and and the roots of it. And um, but my like history with it, like the things that I grew up loving are are like kind of a lot of the underground most deaf and Talib Kweli and and uh Aesop Rock and obviously like more popular like Outkast and Beastie Boys but I was always like uh, like almost a historian and had huge respect for the genre so like at first maybe I'm more in the like lyrical miracle spiritual space you know and then yeah. you find and then you find your own voice because I also love pop music I love writing catchy stuff and hooks I think I'm pretty good at it and sort of those genres mix and you realize as much as I love a lot of this like true gritty underground hip hop, like, and I can appreciate it. My strength is sort of being able to meld something that I like that actually has a sort of somewhat of a different audience. So I've never tried to be like, you know, for as, as much as we're sort of all, um, not kind of what it like sort of, uh, not vulturing a space, but you have, you have to be very cognizant that you're not, just like uh, exploiting someone else's, you know, culture to, to make something. I just tried to do my own sort of thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, how much are, how much do you, since you are your own manager and you have a publicist, but 
Um, how much are you involved with like the imagery of Hoodie Island, like merch and logos and album uh, cover design, that kind of thing, the aesthetics, how much are you involved in that? Like everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, I and I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful to have like a lot of friends, um, especially working on this project, like my friend Joe Perry and Blake Hardy, who are like, they're better at like amazing photographers and guys who just like have great taste who are, I can trust it and say like, Hey, can I work on this with you? Because I want to bring this to life. But like you are always going to shoot something that I can't envision. So like entrusting those people to, to around you to do it, it while being hands-on, I think that's like probably the best of both worlds. You've got this tour coming up in August. Is it, um, what, what are your tour habits? Like, do you, do you find yourself, are you able to eat good meals? Are you able <laughs> to get sleep? Are you like, you know, hardcore because you're in your thirties now. It's different than it was when you were in your twenties. Crazy man. Um, I'm coming into this tour being like, all right, you, you make the smoothie machine. We're not, we're not eating at midnight anymore because it's tough because I don't like to eat before I go on stage. But by the time I'm off stage and I've, I've done all the meet and greets, it's like midnight and you're in uh, Columbus, Ohio. There are. I was, I was going to say. I feel like I feel like people use Cleveland as like the default like random city. They're always like sure. Cleveland, Omaha, Omaha, Omaha is my default random city. Yeah. I love Omaha. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, like you're a lot of times you're in places where you can get into like those staying up super late and eating junk food habits. And you're right. We, I'm old now. I feel old, so I, I'm I'm working very hard to to sort of um, have some good habits because. At the end of the day, it's the same way. Like, I don't really, I don't drink or smoke on tour. Like, it's a job, and anything that could like affect my job seems disrespectful to all the people who are coming. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're such a professional. Such a professional. I'm boring. Is what is what we've gone to. I'm just here. I'm just here to do my job and do it well. I'm a. I'm a show up. You know, if this was like NFL, I'm like oh, I'm a good locker room guy. They were saying you're a good locker room guy. Yeah, yeah. you're you're a professional. You're you're yeah. a real professional. That's what they, they. That's what they say. But it's still great. It's so it's so fun to do it. And like we get into pranks and jokes and like I'm I'm definitely like a troublemaker in that sense. But at the same time, I'm also like I'm just not going to the bar and like getting shit faced, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, way, way to discipline way to be an adult. Yeah. Be trying. Are you being your, are you, are you, um, are you Jets and Mets? I'm Jets, I'm Jets and Yankees. So Jets and I, Yankees. Cause okay. I don't want to be, um, so miserable. You have all, to have some all year round. In the, but the Jets yeah. are my, the Jets are my most important team. So I am, mm. I am, a I am someone who is a glutton for punishment clearly. Yeah. 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 And we'll, you know, we'll watch. I, I like the, the, every year the jets, they're like, you know, we're turning, we're, we're it's turning the corner. We're turning, we're turning the corner. around. The rebuild yeah. is real. Yeah. It's going to be now. Yeah. And then it's like, I actually uh, interned on Long Island uh, after grad school. And I was, I lived right across the street from Wayne Corbett's uh, steakhouse. Wayne Corbett is, is uh, my favorite of all time. Obviously I'm, yeah. I'm 33 he was playing when I was like 14 and small, small guy, underdog from Jersey. Like you got to love him. Yeah. 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 I was, I was, I was like subletting from some Hofstra kids. 
Amazing. out there. Yeah. I remember, I know that steakhouse too. I remember it was like right across from where they used to do the training facilities. Yeah. It was, and it, it, and it, it was, it was when like the Brett Favre stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a, it was a weird, weird summer. Um, that's fun. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. So, um, you're not going to tell us when you're dropping the album, but you do have the tour. I believe it's August 5th is when that kicks off or something like that. Uh, uh I think August 2nd in Boston, which I just, August just sold 2nd. out. So sorry. If you're so forget about that one. Boston. So forget yeah. about that one, but I'll yeah. be in the, uh, we're ending in New York. We're playing LA. In, yeah. I'm looking at your August. Instagram. You got the little, yeah, you yeah. got a little, if you go to, go to the hoodie out on Instagram, you've got like a little graphic with all the dates on it and stuff. You got some yeah. graphics up there. We some graphics. It's pretty solid graphics. Some Photoshop, you know? Yeah. 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 Do you like doing photo shoots or you just like see it as like a necessity to like promote your shit? Um, I see it as a necessity. I'm very shy when I'm not in hoodie mode and uh, very mm-hmm. self-critical. And I definitely worked out and had a strong regimen for a very long time before being comfortable doing any of these photos and music videos, but it's also a good thing. But yeah, I, it, I, I don't like necessity. Like I don't like gravitate towards getting my picture taken necessarily. Fair, fair, fair. All right. We will let you a go. Terrible job. Huh? Which is why I picked a terrible job. Yeah. Yeah. You, you picked a really great job for someone yeah. who doesn't like being in front of the camera. True. Yeah. You just want to make, that's what you, that's like the, the common like thing that people say is like, I didn't want the fame. I just wanted to make music. You know, that's you. That's I, 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 I like, I like everything that comes with it. I love being able to meet people and connect with them and see like, Oh, something I've done has had an, a real effect on their life. Like that's always mind blowing. But yeah, yeah, if I could do it and, and not be like, <sighs> taking pictures every day, like maybe I would. Yeah. Fair, 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 fair. All right. Thank you so much. And we look forward to the tour and the new album whenever that drops. Thanks for joining oh, yeah. us. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. All right. We'll talk to you later. Later. All right. Bye. That was Hoodie Allen. You can catch him on tour in August and the new album whenever that comes out. Thank you for watching and listening to It's Real with Jordan Demi. Of course, you can go to YouTube and uh, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to watch or, or watch podcasts to view past episodes. You can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Edward Studio and follow Demi at Demi underscore Ramos. Until next time, we'll see you later.